Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 10th of July 2012. Newcomers, make sure you make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. You'll see a bunch of other sites listed there. These are the official sites. They all carry audios for download, free download, and then they all carry transcripts for print up in English. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into Alan AlanWattSentinel.eu for, for those. And I always start off by mentioning, too, that I, I don't get sponsors who back me. I have no shares in any company that sells anything whatsoever. And uh, I depend upon you, the listeners, to keep me going. So if you like what you hear on these particular broadcasts and, and you like what you hear in the archive section at cuttingthroughmatrix.com, there's over a 1,000 free audios for download, then you can help support me by buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Uh, because that's all I sell, I nothing else. I don't sell products to make you live forever or make your hair grow back or whatever it happens to be. So from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use a personal check. You can use an international postal money order, and you can also use PayPal. Uh, you can use um, cash as well. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and PayPal for orders. Remember, straight donations are really, really welcome in these austere times because we're all going through it, of course. And in Canada, being one of the Spear uh, leaders, uh, the Spear had a lot of the big movements, of course, to do with inflation and austerity. We are way above of the U.S. in prices for pretty well everything, even your basics, uh, maybe especially even your basics. Uh, that's how bad it is here. Food's about twice the price in Canada than it is in the States, and that's pretty well for everything in the grocery store. So you can help me, as I say, going to cuttingthroughthematrix.com, help yourself to the audios. You'll start to understand this big agenda that you're living through. And it is a scripted agenda. It doesn't matter what political party seems to be in power because they never toss out the laws from the last party. They simply add to them and add to them because there's only one agenda in the whole world towards a global government, and not any old global government, but a global government run by the boys at the top, the big international money-lending families, and underneath them you have academia, scientists, and so on, technocrats all working for them, plus countless foundations and non-governmental organizations that are really laundering cash to the NGO armies that you see everywhere who petition governments. And it's an arrangement because the government expects to have these NGOs petition them to get the same laws passed that they want. We're living through a scam, in other words, and everything's a play for the public, a massive, well-produced play, and it has to be believable to be accepted by the Joe public. Same with the banking scandals and everything else right now. There's a reason for it all because the banks have always rigged the rates and you'll find out of it will come new laws uh, to do with the banking consolidation of the whole planetary system. That's really what's behind all of this because they want the World Bank, the, the Bank for International Settlements, to run the whole kit and caboodle across the planet. 
that plan was put out by the Royal Institute of International Affairs 80 odd to 90 years ago. That's where their goal was. And at the same time, they wanted the Bank for International, uh, the, the IMF, I should say, the International Monetary Fund, uh, to basically do the bookkeeping for every single country on the planet. That came out for the whole of Europe. In fact, that's going to, be, going to be how it's done in Europe. The IMF will do every country's bookkeeping, decide which money goes where, to what causes within countries. And if you don't like it, tough luck, because you've all signed away your rights under the EU. The same things that happen with the North American uh, treaties for integration, and the same things already happening, of course, in the Far Eastern Bloc as well. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix and... I'll put an update on the website tonight as well to uh, activist posts to do with Katerina Jaleva, the woman in Utah who had her child snatched by the authorities and who's seen every dirty trick in, in the book done to her uh, by these wily uh, court appointees and all the rest of it. But uh, uh, to sum it up, basically she did manage to get uh, to see her, her son for the first time in eight months, I think it was. And says, um, but during a, a therapy th- session, that's what they call it, therapy sessions. So you have to have a therapist present to make sure that nothing strange happens and all that kind of nonsense. Because this, this whole case has been utter nonsense and fabricated from the beginning. But it says, um, it says after a marathon of stalling attempts by her ex-husband and Amber Ruder, the, the infamous Amber Ruder that uh, has put a lot of families under. She's a personal vendetta, I think, this woman. And she should be investigated herself because she's got a strange psychology and she's obviously got fixations. And I hear from other sources, different sources, that she's even stalked people before. So she's got an obsessional nature and seems to think she's some kind of unlicensed Kojak. Anyway, it says here, according to Katerina, this session with her son could scarcely have gone better with her son overwhelmed with excitement and joy at the opportunity to finally see his mother after eight months of separation. Can you imagine how this child is going to be thinking, really muddled, because he's seen all these specialists after specialists trying to, trying to indoctrinate him, basically, so he doesn't want to see his mother. And even if you know nothing happened yourself as a little boy, you're going to start questioning yourself when all these straight-faced people, I mean, are they all wrong? That's how you're going to see it. But they're all paid to do this. They're all so-called specialists, you see, for the state. And they must be really, really confused. Anyway... He went up and, and hugged his mother, and they had a good time there. And uh, Katerina says that he wrapped her, hugged and kissed her, told her he loved her, and overall the session was a success. But it's not over yet, of course. You have to go through all this stuff every week or, or, or so. And I believe that Katerina even has to pay the cash for this, this therapist, which is why most people really can't even go through this whole dilemma because they don't have the cash to afford it. The state really generally wins, and they know that they try to break you by dragging out these cases for as long as they possibly can. But anyway, uh, she's fighting back, and I'll keep you updated, and I'll put this link up tonight to the activist post, and it's a good interview. It, it fills you in with a lot of the details by Brandon. 
uh, Turbeville. So I'll put this up, read through it. And because this child might be yours one day, this be the same thing might happen to your one. And uh, because it's happening all over the country, uh, when the kids come in and snatch you under someone's, uh, it's not even suspicion, it's allegation. And there's a lot of nasty people out there uh, that can put an allegation in. And this is how they get revenge these days. People are terribly, incredibly petty. And when it comes to divorces, etc., uh, nothing, uh, it, it, they're pretty messy affairs, but it's worse still when you get these uh, guardian items appointed by the court that already themselves have a personal chip on their shoulder to do with this very type of case because they've gone through it all themselves. So I'll put this up and you can read through it at your leisure to fill you up, to bring you up to speed. Now, there's a good uh, video I'll put up tonight too with an S- NSA uh, top official who was a whistleblower and they don't like whistleblowers as you know because you understand your governments are not following any law anymore. I hope you all realize that, uh, that they're not following any law. And this guy had given his oath to the Constitution, which is the only law that you've got so far, and he just couldn't take it anymore and he blew the whistle from the NSA and aired some dirty laundry, and they've done all that they could to get back at them. And they're really vicious when they come after people uh, uh, from within their own ranks, believe you me. And it's even worse now under Obama's than it was under the last one, so it's getting worse all the time. But it's worth watching this little video and listen to the little statements this guy makes, because some of them are very, very important little short statements to do with the way things are going in the surveillance society. And you better take it to heart. Most folk can't because they live in a schizophrenic world of entertainment, having fun, uh, lots of laughter on television and on the internet. And they're, they're really, they're, they're, they're in a schizophrenic system, so they can't figure anything out. And they can't take anything seriously. Even when things will come down on them themselves, they, they won't take it seriously. It'd be unreal to them. This is a form of mind control in itself, you understand. Now, also tonight I want to put up, uh, it's called Folkhemet, which is the Sweden's fascism in slow motion. It's a very interesting story about Sweden, because Sweden is definitely socialist. It's it's maybe an even more advanced form of communist than they had in the Soviet Union. But uh, it's interesting to see how the government there controls the public uh, through their spending, basically. And you should understand that, that you should read through this because you should understand it's coming to you. This is the type of system they're bringing uh, down to, through austerity on you, where the government takes so much of your money when you get paid and they give you so much back or they put so much aside for your health care, various other things. And, uh, and, all, and by that way, they control your spending habits. But they're doing it with the whole nation in Sweden. So Sweden is the test bed for it, of course. And it, it tells you really how it works. It's quite, quite a fascinating article. And I'll, I'll put that up tonight too. It says, but it says Sweden's fascism in slow motion and why I left Sweden by the author. Quite interesting indeed because we're all seeing it coming into place here as well. You gotta understand what the governments are up to. It's always to do with controlling you. It's all about control. They're not there to serve you by any, in any way at all. It's all about controlling you on behalf of the, the masters who put in the, the bureaucrats and the politicians, the ones at the very top, because all labor and produce and real wealth goes upwards, 
You see, it doesn't come back down again. It goes upwards so they can live in incredible wealth. And uh, someone even emailed me recently and said, stop calling them the elites and call them the parasites. Well, they're, they're elite parasites because they're not stupid parasites. They, they are elite parasites. They know how to live off the general populations. And it's true that they trick the public into thinking that they're somehow superior, that they come out of special wombs, and they just happen to be there when you're born, and you kowtow to them, and you go along with whatever they demand. It's time we stop doing all that nonsense. And it says here, too, uh, that uh, PFG Best... It's a big, big uh, money organization. Has frozen its customers' accounts after an apparent suicide attempt by its owner, Russell R. Wasendorf Sr., and a report from an industry group that, that was uh, that $200 million in customer funds at the Iowa-based trading company uh, just went missing. $200 million just went missing, you see. Last Monday, the National Futures Association, which regulates the futures industry, said it has taken an emergency enforcement action against Peregrine Financial Group, the parent company for the 20-year-old broker, and also hit a a unit, Peregrine Asset Management. The emergency enforcement action was taken because PFG had failed to demonstrate that it meets capital requirements and segregated fund requirements. The association said, adding that it has reason to believe that PFG does not have sufficient assets to meet its obligations to its customers. So $200 million in customer funds just went missing. I understand we're living in the most corrupt times since ancient Rome's, Rome, and it's blatant now because a whole generation are now into all these organizations working as CEOs. They came up with no moral virtues at all. They weren't taught any religion whatsoever except get what you can while you can, and that's what they've gone for under moral relativity. And they feel no conscience because they've been trained from an early age to have no conscience. What is conscience? It's all relative, etc., etc., you see. So get used to this because it's all over the place now, this massive, massive corruption. It's everywhere. Now, ACTA, of course, people thought it was all gone. And it says ACTA is back and leaked documents show Canadian European Commission trying to sneak ACTA into the Canadian and back into, and, and Canada and back into Europe. It says, uh, uh, last week the European Parliament voted overwhelmingly to, to reject ACTA, striking a major blow to the hopes of supporters who envisaged a landmark agreement that would set a new standards for intellectual property rights enforcement. The European Commission, which negotiates trade deals such as ACTA on behalf of the European Union, has vowed to revive the badly damaged agreement. It's, it is most, uh, its most high-profile f- move has been to ask the European Court of Justice to rule on ACTA's compatibility with fundamental European freedoms with the hopes of a favourable ruling that could allow the European Parliament to reconsider the issue. So they're going to try to use it, sneak it in the back door, it says, and they plan to use the Canada-EU trade agreement, which is called CETA, which is nearing its final stages of negotiation as the back door to, to bring the same bill back through again. And if that happens, it probably won't even be read as a separate bill. It'll just be an omnibus bill, and I'll get rammed through. So they never go away with their ideas. I've noticed that my whole life long. They never go away and just drop something. They come back either under a different name or whatever, but they, they never give up. They never give up. And in Australia, which is again spearheading the carbon taxes, this is Labour gives up on its carbon tax case. What it really means is that they're not going to bother justifying it. They're going to keep on with it. They're not going to justify it. Labour has already given up trying to justify its carbon tax to the Australian people, it says. 
Mr. Abbott, who is the opposition leader, says a, a week after national tax and carbon emissions was introduced, Prime Minister Julia Gillard has essentially given up the fight. Publicly, Labour was avoiding the subject, while privately its members were already discussing changes to the tax, he told reporters on the Gold Coast on Saturday. This is the tax that dared not speak its name. And meanwhile, inside the government, uh, there is all this talk of trying to change the tax, uh, Mr. Abbott said. Now, tying in with Australia, uh, it says family slugged with a carbon tax fee for their funeral. Uh, I could see this coming, mind you. A Melbourne family claimed they were slugged an extra $55 carbon tax charge when buying a relative, when burying a relative were told even the dead don't escape the carbon tax. So this is the first family that got slapped with this carbon tax charge. And I'll read this when I come back after these messages. Hi folks, I'm back going through the craziness of this world as we go into uh, the big austerity drive and the carbon taxes and everything else because you see it's to go worldwide, big time, big money at the top of course is to trade these carbon credits and make profits off them as a separate futures industry as well for the big bankers at the top. All from you, because everything they get is from you, you see. They are truly parasites at the top, but they live awfully well, like big fat slugs, you see. And most folk don't mind down below. We don't mind because we do nothing about it. But it says says here that Erica Malachi and her family were burying her father-in-law in in Springville Cemetery when she was told the price per burial plot had increased because of the carbon tax. So the father-in-law died on June 30th, a day before the carbon tax was introduced and was buried early last week. I thought to myself, what carbon could possibly be used by putting a man in a grave? I says, all it did was put the dirt back in. How can they charge as a carbon tax for burying someone? And it says, Mr. Malachi's son uh, said the cemetery's receptionist told his sister-in-law, even the dead don't escape the carbon tax. We're pretty upset. That comment was a kick in the guts, he said. Climate change minister. Can you believe you've got a, China, a climate change minister? I mean, what the hell is, is, is a climate change minister when it's all BS anyway? Eh? It truly is BS, isn't it? It's all control and control for other reasons. Why don't they just tell us what the real reasons are and give them a proper title, a commissar of something, whatever, you know? And anyway, Mr. Greg Combat said it would be reprehensible if any cemetery was taking advantage of grieving families by overcharging them for funerals. Well, well, the government doesn't give a damn about how they get it off you or where they get it off you or, any, or what time they get it off you as long as they get it. Says so the ACCC, which is investigating three companies accused of blaming the tax or price hike, said it will be willing to investigate the claims. Uh, so this is what, this is the usual song and dance they go through once they've passed a bill and they, they always shove the blame back onto private individuals and, and all that stuff. You know that, you know that was, was coming. Actually, I can see them eventually doing it on, on, and maybe they're doing it already on cremations, because they will, they will put a tax on cremations. There's no doubt about it. And here we go again. Climate change bureaucrats jet setting the world in luxury at our expense. And it says in just two weeks, Australian families will be slugged with a carbon tax to pay for green utopia. But where's all this money really going? And are our carbon tax bureaucrats practicing what they preach? 
They did a little digging and discovered that but many long suspected well Australian families are struggling. The bureaucrats are living the high life and are travelling to exotic destinations at our expense. Documents released to the Australian Taxpayer Alliance under Freedom of Information Laws revealed the bureaucrats in the Department of Climate Change flew uh, 6,528,616 kilometres last financial year, costing us a staggering uh, $3,274,286. So, uh, yeah, they're very cheap to keep these parasites at the top that give themselves a new fancy name and a new department and call themselves climate specialists as they bankrupt everybody else. And while these very people are lecturing to us to act like we're back in the dark ages, the carbon emissions of these flights equal over 1,000 tonnes. Don't worry, the public will pay for it. The hypocrisy is staggering. It's one rule for them and another for us. No wonder they're happy to slug the airlines with the carbon tax. They don't have to pay the bill. So where are they flying to? Uh, none other than the holiday resorts of Cancun, Vanuatu, Van uh, Miami, Fiji, the Maldives, Grenada, Miami, uh, Barcelona. Must be tough uh, having to travel to places like the Caribbean and South Pacific all the time. Yeah, it must really be tough, isn't it? You understand that the folks in, in ancient Rome couldn't dream, the parasites of that time couldn't dream of, of, of this, doing what these guys are doing today. I always think back to Alexander Hamilton who talked about governments and he said maybe it's better to have a king because all you have to do is pay for him and his family. If you have a government, you've got thousands of them to pay for. And it's true, isn't it? It's true. There's lots of up-and-coming parasites, you know. So I'll put these links up tonight. Now here's another one that's that's interesting to do with uh, carbon taxes. A Conservative Member of Parliament calls for, and I said this years ago this would come, because this is the aim of it all, calls for a personal carbon trading scheme. The Chair of the British Parliament's Energy and Climate Change Committee has called for the launch of a pilot personal carbon allowance, a trading scheme which could be based in his own constituency and funded by the private sector and possibly the EU, which is, of course, the taxpayers. Tim Yeo, a former environment minister, told Euroactive, that's a paper, that with interest in emissions trading rising abroad, the time was right to try out the idea and practice. I want to see personal carbon trading. I'd like Britain to be a pioneer in this. We've pioneered a number of solutions to climate change, and we've had an intellectual leadership role, so it would be good to push for a pilot project here in the UK. Well, can you say he's, he's funded awfully well through a side channel, obviously, apart from the taxpayer. Uh, he's even getting funded by the Club of Rome and all these big foundations to push this through. Because it's vital they get you all under the gun, you see, and you all end up paying personal carbon taxes for breathing and living and heating yourself. He says, I have volunteered my own constituency. Well, that's awful nice. I'm sure they're awfully happy with him volunteering them. As an, an area for a pilot scheme of this sort, he added, I believe it could be funded entirely by the private sector so there'd be no taxpayers' money involved. But it's about taxing the private people themselves. Typical politician, eh? He added that they envisaged funding from big retailers or financial institutions seeking to improve their public image, but they had no objections to EU funding for the pilot scheme. So here it comes, personal uh, carbon trading, um, which means fining. Fining is the right name for you. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. And this article, too, ties in with the carbon and everything else to do with climate change, which was a big one. They've got to stick to this. They can't let it go because they planned to use climate change 40-odd years ago at the Club of Rome to control all of us right down to the birth, from birth to death, basically, is to control all of us in a minute way. And it says here, this is, this is an article about uh, the lengths they go to, all these well-financed institutions to do with climate change, and how they use all of academia, they've got them all on board, because they give them all grants, naturally, massive grants, and how they stymie any investigation into what they do with the cash and, and how they, they, they organize their campaigns. But this is from What's Up With That?, and it says, not long ago, the American Tradition Institute initiated a transparency campaign using federal and state freedom of information laws to learn more about how taxpayer-funded academics use their positions to advance a particular agenda. On its face, this should have been welcomed by the left, which often lays claim to the transparency mantle. It is indeed causing great angst. Uh, our project would compile the context to the Climate Gate scandal, which is activist academics central to the revelation assured us, was really an out-of-context misrepresentation. So curiously, the same people think the, proje- the project is a very bad idea, and so did the media and environmentalist establishments. Of the latter, the Union of Concerned Scientists became particularly exercised, mobilizing left-wing groups to urge universities not to satisfy our requests for public documents. None of these groups was troubled by a series of similar requests by Greenpeace, whose efforts we replicated. Some of these recently obtained from Texas A&M University provides one explanation for this reversal. For example, they reveal a sophisticated UCS operation to assist activist academics and other government employees as authorities for promoting the UCS's agenda. This includes moot courting congressional hearings with a team of UCF staff, all the way down to providing dossiers on key committee members, addressing in particular their faith, their stance on gay marriage and stimulus spending. Of course. Well, understand, it's a whole communist thing. You think it's just one thing, climate. No, no, no. You go back to the writings of, of um, the 40s, 1940s, for instance, and the left-wing socialists, you had to bring uh, all the gay stuff into that. doesn't matter what the topic was, you had to be for everything on, on the communist agenda, every single thing. Same as this. This is about climate. But, but they have your, your stance on gay marriage and all that. That comes into it, too, because it's a form of communism, you see. Says this also includes directing the taxpayer servants to outside PR consultants, apparently pro bono or else US's dime. Keep this last point in mind. They also expose the New York Times reporter who covers the environment, science and specifically the global warming issue, Justin Gillis, as being no disinterested party. Gillis wrote a piece in May, laboring to undermine one of the most highly credentialed and respected climate skeptics, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology's Dr. Richard Lindzen. This front page article prompted my request for information reflecting how the AMN professor and activist whom Gillis quoted was using his taxpayer-funded position. I mean, you've got a massive organized, well, really well organized, and it's knitted together, uh, all these organizations knitted together with a, obviously a head on the pyramid to make sure they all work in unison. And when they turn against you, they all turn against you at the same time like a swarm of bees.
So that's how open the society is when you ask for freedom of information. Their backs are up immediately and they simply attack and attack and attack. Because, as I say, this is an essential part of communism. Remember what Khrushchev said in Liberals? He says, in America, we don't call them communists, we call them liberals. Because that is the true agenda for liberalism. It's not about giving you lots of stuff except rhetoric and communism. That's what, that's what they give you, lots of communism, which is total control over the people, you see. And we are in an age, too, when science really thinks they're gods. I mean, the scientists all think they're gods, and some of them have even said it, in fact. But uh, they're playing with everything now because they're so cocky and self-assured. And I read an article about a week ago to do with the genetically modified mosquitoes from a top scientist who said they're playing with fire. It's a Frankenstein. We don't know how this is going to affect all the other chains of life down through the whole fields of life in itself once you start tampering and, and modifying anything at all. But Brazil is to, feed, to breed genetically modified mosquitoes to fight dengue. This is the excuse for it. Dengue, by mind the way, was, was invented by the military-industrial complex. And that's why they put it. There was an article where they put it into Miami, I think it was, Florida, uh, and, uh, and, and observed how it affected the people some years back. Anyway, it says an employee looks at a giant representation of a mosquito at the Darwin Center. That will learn a lot. You know, you learn from that. Brasilia says the goal sounds easier than it is. Breed genetically modified mosquitoes that would actually cut down mosquito populations. Now it's the same thing as the Gates Foundation is doing across different parts of Africa and elsewhere. This is Brazilian authorities inaugurated Saturday a breeder for a genetically modified type of uh, Aedes aegypti mosquito in hopes of finding a more effective way to combat dengue, of which 431,184 cases have been registered this year uh, alone. According to health officials, mosquitoes bred in such an installation receive injections, or listen to this, of different viruses, right? This is how they breed them. And along the way of breeding them, they get injections of different viruses, which are transmitted on the instant of reproduction. Well, here's the thing, though, you see. You see, these things need blood before they reproduce, so they bite somebody. Well, all these different viruses, you see. Think about, think about it. So it says they're transmitted at an instant of reproduction and kill the larvae before they're born, which means the number of mosquitoes tends to diminish. Do you really believe this? Is there something else going on here? The process has been tested successfully in the small city of uh, Juziero in central Baha'i State, where the number of Aedes aegypti mosquitoes dropped by 90% in six months, according to official estimates. Now, is that all baloney too? Because you can't trust any estimates these days. There's so many PR companies involved, just like the drugs. Uh, they get the most fantastic uh, write-ups by professional liars. Everything's like this today. The laboratory inaugurated Saturday will breed 4 million mosquitoes a year, which the authorities plan to let loose in the future in a medium-sized city in order to test the real impact of the experiment based on techniques already tried out by English scientists. So here they go, they give them all these different... They won't even tell you what viruses are putting into them. These are the same things that are definitely going to bite you before they breed, you understand? So, again, Frankenstein is everywhere, eh? British Airways is getting creepier because the airline will Google passengers to identify each person by face now. So they're actually going to identify everybody who goes through them by using Google instantly. And it says, um, as part of their Know Me program, 
British Airways will use Google to identify passengers and put a face to the names so staff can personally greet them before boarding. What's well, all for hospitality reasons, eh? Google is part of the NSA. This program will be in effect so staff can identify important passengers like chief executives of financial companies so they can give them a more personalized service while knowing who they are before they reach the gate. Well, that's a lot of nonsense, isn't it? I mean, I mean, the really important people come through in private jets and they don't go through the same gates. About 2,000, uh, two, uh, 2,200 or 1,000, it says, British Airways staff members will give be given access to iPads to Google passengers and search for their images before they board. The iPads can also receive messages about specific passengers from the airline's computer system, which will give customer service agents and cabin crew a heads up about who will be boarding the plane. They'll receive information like executive club status, previous travel arrangements, special meal requests, and onward travel plans for each passenger. It's amazing how they bring a class system into travel like this too, isn't it? Because if you're not one of these special folk, you see, and you can't afford all these special uh, travel passes and, and all that, then uh, that's you at the bottom. You know, you used to get the guys in the black gear that taser you, you know, to greet you and strip you. So the staff will also be to find out customers' travel plans and complaints history so they can ensure passengers have a better experience on board. What, what a difference, see? A class A line goes there and class B line is over there and you drop your pants and get humiliated while the fat parasites just, you know, get treated by servants basically bending to them and bowing to them. And this is just, you know, people should stop flying altogether and let them sink. Let, let these companies sink until they start listening to the people again. But of course you can't get folk to do things in unison. That's the problem. That's why the big boys can always win, you see. They know this about the general population. And pharmacology. Pharmacology is a big, big part of the modern day society to do with controlling public, apart from getting lots of money in too. But uh, people like Huxley talked about using pharmacology down the road. They've already done it to goodness knows how many millions of young boys, especially some young girls as well, by frying their brains when they catch them at school, fidgeting and things like that. So everything that's said all those years ago has come true. A good portion of the adult population are hooked on various drugs as well. And they'd love us all to be drugged, actually, uh, so that we're easier to manage. They don't have to use drugs all the time. They can use technotronics. They use technotronics through Wi-Fi, through various frequencies to basically massage your brain, as Persinger and others talk about. They're the neuroscientist, and they can make you happy, content, in, in situations where you shouldn't be happy and content. It says, seven shameful examples of big pharma fraud. Over the last few months, many drug companies have hit the headlines for allegedly committing fraud, the most recent being Merck. This document reveals seven companies who have been reported for committing fraud since January 2012. Uh, number one is Merck. Uh, they've been the firing line for allegedly fraudulently representing the mumps component of its MMR vaccine. It's been alleged that Merck had been fraudulently informing the public that the MMR2 used to replace MMR vaccine uh, Plosorix is an effective vaccine when this is not true because the studies proving the vaccine's effectiveness are said to be falsified. And they were falsified. According to many reports, the mumps component of the vaccination is ineffective and the results of the test carried out in the vaccine have been altered. 
the Child's uh, Health Safety website reporting those stories states that whistleblowers working for Merck have said that they witnessed fraud firsthand when they worked for the pharmaceutical company. Child Health Safety have reported that virologists Stephen A. Kraling and Joan A. Wolochowski described a supervisor working for Merck manually charging or changing the test results that showed the vaccine wasn't working and then hurriedly destroying the evidence to keep the fraud from being exposed. They even put animal uh, white blood cells in there, you know, to, to, to try and, and con all the testers, animal ones. In. These are the biggest companies out there. And you, you understand you can't trust them an inch. An inch. According to the report, the whistleblower stated that the supervisor then lied to the FDA regulators who came to the laboratory to check. After they were alerted to the problem, the Child Health Safety wrote that a top Merck vaccine official told Kraling the matter was a business decision, this, this suit says, business decision to, to, to spike the stuff to make it, you know, appear to be working. A business decision. That's with a guy that worked for a big company in Canada who brought the tainted blood into Canada and killed most of the hemophilics off, said he said it was a business decision. That's all it is to them. Business decision. Folk die, but it's a business decision. Anyway, it says, um, if this was not bad enough, Merck's behavior is said to have left millions of children unprotected against mumps. Hey, even though you get the shot, you get the mumps anyway. Same with everything else they give you, you get the measles. It's all a con. It's all a con. So what are they really giving you? What they're giving you is something that destroys your immune system for the rest of your life. That's what it gives you. You have people with total allergy syndromes all over the place. It's one of the up and rising problems of our era. And you have people who are dropping dead because they eat different things that they were not allergic to before. And now it's not, it's normalized. It's normalized folk dropping dead with eating peanuts and things. Normalized. Didn't happen before. Because your immune system wasn't tampered with from birth. Your immune system was allowed to grow and become strong and work, you see. The whole thing's a con. But it does drop the IQ as well, they know that, because you get an infection. After these vaccinations, she gets a high temperature. And every doctor is told to tell the mum, oh, it's okay, you know, the child will have a, a fever. Well, where's the fe- where's, where's it centered? It's in the, it's in the skull, for God's sake, where the brain is. That kills off brain cells. But mind you, they turn out lots of docile people, and it's far easier to control them. Two virologists have filed a federal lawsuit against America again. This is another, another article alleging the vaccine maker overstated the effectiveness of the mumps vaccine, etc., etc. Uh, Chatham Primary Care has also filed a federal antitrust class action lawsuit against Merck, alleging Merck went to great lengths to manipulate test procedures and falsifying results to prop up fraudulent efficacy claims, thereby maintaining its monopoly in the MMR vaccine. The two lawsuits couldn't come at a more precarious time for Merck, as Italian Health Ministry recently conceded that MMR vaccine caused autism in a now nine-year-old boy, albeit this news has been effectively censored in the U.S., a recent review of the varicella chickenpox vaccination program in the U.S. concluded the vaccine has not proven to be cost-effective, increased the incidence of shingles. You actually get the problem that they give it to you, you know, to protect you against. Failed to provide long-term protection from the disease uh, targets like chickenpox and is less effective than the natural immunity that existed in the general population before the vaccine. <laughs> 
vaccine efficacy was found to have declined well before 80% by of 2002. And Roche company, the drug giant, probed for not disclosing 15,000 patient death reports. 15,000 patient death reports. So they're under investigation by the UK watchdogs after 80,000 what they call adverse reactions. Dropping dead is an adverse reaction. <laughs> Sounds better, isn't it? One of the world's biggest drug companies is at the centre of an urgent investigation after failing to disclose that 15,000 people died while taking its medicines. The pharmaceutical giant Roche failed to pass on a further 65,000 reports of suspected side effects that were recorded by patients. All of the reactions took place in the U.S. over the past 15 years with medicines used to treat breast cancer, bowel cancer, hepatitis B, and skin and eye conditions. It says there's no evidence so far of any direct link between the problems and the drugs, but medicines watchdogs say they're taking Roche's failures to disclose possible concerns extremely seriously. The drugs involved include Herceptin, it's called, given to about 10,000 breast cancer patients in Britain, and Lucentis, which is used to treat about 20,000 UK patients a year with age-related vision loss. The National Health Service pays Roche millions of pounds for these treatments every year. And there's your problem too. You see, the, the big boys want centralised governments so they can deal directly with the government. That's why the big bankers, who own all these big corporations, by the way, they own the military-industrial complex as well, the big banks. They own them. That's why they want centralised global government. Now they've got centralised national government because they deal directly with your government. And what a contract for 10-year ten 10-year ten contracts to inject everybody and then another 10-year contract. Guaranteed sales. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Different reality altogether. And real, true reality is completely different from uh, the public relations spin that's put through all media. The CBC had a set of documentaries out on public relations and how almost all media, in fact all media, never mind almost all media, is simply get handouts from all the big pharma companies or whatever else is flogging stuff. And they put it on and present it as though it's their own particular news investigations. They're so great at the top. They even do videos where they're going to people's homes and people who are crying because somebody died with a pill or whatever. All this investigative journalism. And it's actually from the big companies themselves. And what you can do is take the voice track off of it and get your usual uh, um, uh, newscaster to put their voice on instead and, and read it for them. This is common. Everything's got a spin. Everything's got a spin. And it's put out by the big boys themselves. You can't get true news anymore in the mainstream. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist at all. And they teach all the politicians how to evade all the answers and how to yap and yap away without actually giving any answer. So it's quite an interesting series. I think six episodes and all and how it's all done. So what's the point in going to talk to a politician if, they, if they've been trained to evade everything that you ask? See, nothing's real anymore. There is no um, response to the general public inquiry whatsoever. They don't intend to give you answers from the top. And it's, they're getting better at it all the time. And back to the, the articles tonight too, I'll put up uh, Alberta was hit by rolling power blackouts and the grids uh, has been going up and down like a yo-yo. 
heavy demand on the power grid. Mason Alberta is one of the biggest power producers on the planet for energy, for oil and all the rest of it, but you just can't. See, we're all getting hit with this new type of austerity and they'll ration it out and, and, cost, and make it very, very expensive in the process for the little that will give you. That's all part of austerity where you're, you'll be paying massive fees for little bits of electricity and uh, the big boys don't lose anything because they simply up their price about hundredfold down the road. That's what they're doing already, in fact. So get used to austerity because you'll have no free spending money when they're finished. You'll be like Sweden, where the government controls your income and your spending. That's what it's all about. Cell phone companies. says mobile phone carriers received more than 1.3 million requests last year from U.S. law enforcement agencies for their customers' phone records. And the requests are on the rise, according to data gathered as part of a congressional inquiry into cell phone surveillance. Representative Edward Markey released data Monday from nine wireless carriers, revealing the number of requests in 2011 for cell phone records. Neither law enforcement nor companies are required to report such requests, making the inquiry and release of information from the companies the first public accounting of law enforcement's use of cell phone surveillance. We're all under it. We're all under it, folks. There's so many levels of surveillance now. The ones at the top, of course, have got total surveillance 24 hours a day on everybody and all the ones below them get so much access to it. So they're all fighting for their access. But you understand how much power that puts in the hands of even the guys at the bottom, where they could blackmail whoever they want to blackmail. And I'm sure it's already going on in different areas with information that they can just pull out the air. And uh, it's very dangerous times we live in. And it's going to get worse and worse as time goes on, obviously. Now, that's the music coming up for the end of the broadcast. So, from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God, your gods, go with you. <laughs>